We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's August 8th, it is 2023. We have 11 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister. Eyes 819, don't worry Keith, I hit the live button and we're we're actually live. <laughs> you heard about that uh, little fiasco there from DJ, huh? Yeah, he told me on Grinders Live today that you guys were like 25 minutes in and uh, <laughs> such a rookie mistake. Yeah, it happens. No big deal. All is forgiven. Um, Monday night was a just a wild day in MLB. Everybody pitching like Spencer Strider, except Spencer Strider. He had, but Peralta's got a bunch of Ks. Uh, Gavin Williams had 12, I think. And Cole Reggins might be a new pitcher with his arrival in Kansas City. I think we need to, to dig into his stuff a little bit before his next start. Looks like we might be seeing a, a different Cole Reagans with his arrival in Kansas City. But lots of big strikeout numbers, just not from the guy we expected on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I did a dive on Reagans today, um, this morning. And, I mean, everything points to strikeout ability, but wild control. And I feel like you're going to have good starts from time to time when that happens. Um, I am, I, uh, man, I did really well with Gavin Williams. I got on him late on um, grinders live when I saw the Toronto lineup was like full of right-handed bats. And I was like, man, this is not necessarily a terrible spot for him. So um, I mean, honestly, I, the night could be really good for me. I don't know. I have some Braves going. I have a lot of Oakland, like mini stacks. Um, I have a Texas stack that has Williams or not Williams. It has uh, Peralta and uh, Sandoval. So, uh, luckily for me, I say lucky, 
Kevin Roth was talking about how if there wasn't a late like late late start announcement, maybe Strider wasn't the safest play. Um, I faded him, <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, and I mean, listen, I did not expect what happened. I expected some rain in like the third or fourth inning and him to have like six or seven strikeouts. Um, so like that worked out. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I mean, Peralta on three of my four teams I built tonight, he is, he absolutely cruised. Uh, you mentioned him, Reagan's pitched really well. Williams pitched really well. Um, both pitchers in this like Texas Oakland game through like two or three innings have like absolutely crushed. Um, so See, Waldachuk, I think, has like four or five strikeouts. And for someone that has his under strikeout um, prop, not a good start uh, for me. But, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of Sandoval, a lot of Texas, a lot of Oakland. So we'll see how the night kind of shapes up here. Um, but, man, yeah, glad to be back and uh, glad to have you back, Keith. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. Totally got to mess with TJ a little bit about <laughs> for hitting, forgetting to hit uh, record. Um, listen, I, I would – I'd be lying to say if I haven't done that. Um, it was a solo pod, though, um, so I didn't feel as bad. And it was like a five-game slate, and it was a long time ago. So, um, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good about it. All right, let's talk some baseball. We get started here with Houston at Baltimore. Eight total in this game. The Astros, a one thirty-six favorite. Valdez and Rodriguez facing off against each other. What's up, YouTube? I forgot to say hi. What's up, everyone? Brent, Richie. Jeff Rowe, Michael, Brent, Derek, a lot of people hanging out tonight. Um, Valdez against Baltimore coming off of a complete game shutout, no hitter, um, through only 93 pitches. Like typically when you have a guy coming off a no hitter, we're like, oh man, this guy's coming off 115 pitches. You know, is that going to affect him? He threw a Maddox. He threw a Maddox and he threw a no hitter. Um, what are your thoughts on? Valdez going into Baltimore here. Yeah, I mean, very important points there. He only threw 93 pitches despite the no-hitter. So, like, it's just like another start for him. I mean, he routinely goes 93-plus pitches. So, no no worries from that regard. I think you have to compare him um, to Scherzer, who is in a, a phenomenal matchup. Um, Valdez gets Baltimore, a much tougher matchup. Um, not quite the strikeout pitcher that Scherzer is, but they're much closer than they were, say, two years ago even, uh, when Scherzer was up above 30% and Framber was down in the low 20s. Now they're both in that like 26 to 28 range. Um, so a few more strikeouts from Framber. I think he's in the conversation, but given the matchup, Scherzer's probably going to be a massive chalk just because of his matchup with Oakland in that ballpark. Um, Framber's a, a fine pivot. It's going to be ownership related only. I mean, Scherzer on paper is going to be the the higher projected guy, but sometimes you just need to get different. Valdez is in the pool because of that reason. Tough matchup against Baltimore, um, but his his ground ball profile, his strikeouts being on the rise, coming off the no-hitter, I, I think he's in play. I think pitching is absolutely atrocious on this slate. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there right now. Um, it's not good. So, I could see in a scenario where I like punt two positions and play Valdez and Scherzer together. Um, I think that is a viable strategy on this slate. Cause I mean, pitching is just, yeah, you don't feel good about really anything. Um, I mean, 
some good pitchers in some tough matchups, some bad teams facing some bad pitchers. I mean, we're going to take some shots on some of these guys um, and not feel good about it. But yeah, I mean, we'll get through it as we're going here. I think Valdez squarely in play. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the highest upside spot, but I don't think it's a necessarily bad spot either. I think Baltimore bottom 10 team um, against left-handed pitching this season. WRC plus um, they're like 12th, but like the rest of their stats are not the greatest. So I, I could see this being a spot where Valdez pitches. Well, Valdez doesn't typically get blown up. And I mean, that's saying a lot on today's slate. So uh, Rodriguez on the other side of this game has shown some ability to strike people out here recently. Uh, any interest in Rodriguez here? Yeah, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit already. Not a very strong pitching slate. This is not a good spot for Grayson Rodriguez. Houston is much healthier than they were a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we just saw it with Gavin Williams. Like, these super talented young guys that struggle to adjust to the majors, like, there's still so much arm talent there that I think you have to pay attention. And since we're not excited about any pitchers on this slate, I, I can totally take some shots on, on Grayson Rodriguez in a tough matchup, just because I, I believe in the arm talent, he's eventually going to be a very good starting pitcher. At 6,900, it probably doesn't work out, but just on the off chance that he does, I think he comes with low ownership. Uh, tough matchup against Houston, but definitely a guy I believe in long term. At two punch shortstops today, um, Reyes and Allen, I took both of them out by lock and they both have homered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got oh, oh, okay he didn't homer he doubled i thought he homered um it looked like it was gonna be anyway reyes had that grand slam though that one hurts yeah that one's a little <laughs> painful keith was poking the bear before the show um <laughs> i think rodriguez is in play i don't think he's a great option again i don't think there are a lot of great options um on this slate maybe i fall in love with something as we're breaking something down but right now i'm just like i'm very iffy just in general on pitching on this slate. Like I, I can't even like, I can't even get like super excited about playing Scherzer today. Um, I'll talk about it when we get there, but like he's going to be 50, 60% owned and yeah. it's so hard to like max has not been max. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Uh, Houston bats here. Like you mentioned, they're obviously healthier Alvarez, Tucker, Altuve. They're all back. Um, they're priced up. I think we're going to have some salary today if you're not paying up for pitching. Um, what are your thoughts on the Houston bets? Yeah, I mean, in play, Rodriguez is a clearly talented pitcher, but he has struggled to adjust. Uh, his ERA is even over six still, I believe. Um, I'll be more on the Rodriguez side, but Houston absolutely in play, particularly like the lefties here. Baltimore plays as a very tough park for right-handed power since they moved the fences back. But Tucker and Alvarez, fantastic options. Um Probably more of a mini stack for me. I just believe in the talent of Rodriguez. I think he's starting to figure some things out where they're, they fall down the list a little bit. There's some other offenses in, in really good spots later on in the slate. So more of a mini stack for me, but definitely in play. Yeah, I think that pricing wise, if I'm on Houston, it's probably a stack outside of Alvarez. Um, I think Jordan Alvarez is a guy you can one off anytime you want. Um, his home run upside is ridiculously high. So um, I could see one-offing him on any slate, but if I'm playing, like if I'm getting into like playing Tucker and Alvarez and I'm, you know, trying to find maybe a cheap third piece to say, Hey, I'll, I'll run a little mini stack here. So um, that's kind of where I'd be at on Houston. And then on the Baltimore side, I mean, Valdez is so good. Like there's some talented hitters on this, on this Baltimore team. It's 11 game slate. 
Valdez is such a huge ground ball guy. Um, I can't get excited about playing any of these Baltimore bats today. Yeah, I, I can't either. Um, I, I love chasing home runs with Baltimore against lefties, but Valdez just doesn't give up any home runs. He doesn't give up fly balls in general. So just a tough spot to hunt home runs with. I don't have any interest in Baltimore. All right, moving on. Atlanta at Pittsburgh, nine and a half total. Uh, Atlanta, 154 favorite here. Chirinos pitching um, against Keller. Uh, let's talk about Yanni Chirinos. Uh, assuming that he came over um, again, I'm still catching up on trades. I was very, very inactive um, the last couple of weeks. Uh, any interest in Chirinos here? I believe he was actually even a waiver claim. They just Tampa Bay just cut him loose, needed a roster spot, and okay. Atlanta picked him up with all the injuries that they're dealing with. So I, I think he was just a waiver claim. But 75 yeah, pitches last time out. Yeah, he's really cheap. There's just no strikeout ability here. Um, we just saw Pittsburgh beat up Strider. I mean, like, I don't think Pittsburgh is that great of an offense. He's really cheap. The pitching slate is weak. I wouldn't like call you crazy for wanting to include it. I just have a hard time seeing him find a ceiling game. Um, the leash is not very long. There's no strikeout ability. He relies, like he just pitches to contact, getting those, generating those ground balls. The control is phenomenal. He can work deep into a game. He can be very efficient, rather, um, with his limited pitch count. So if we get up to 85 pitches, six innings would not surprise me at all. I just don't know if there's enough ceiling there. I, I'd probably leave him on the shelf, but weak, weak pitching slate, I wouldn't call you crazy if you wanted to try it. Yeah, just, I mean, like career lows in like strikeouts, swinging strikes, all that stuff this year. Um, so, I mean, new life, if you want to look at it that way, new life. Um, we really haven't seen him pitch since like pre COVID, like 2019, 2018. Um, Derek, I know Waldachuk has five strikeouts for innings. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to tilt over here. Um, but overall, I feel like, I mean, we're not, we're not getting 2018, 2019 Torinos. Um, I, it's so hard because I mean, he is with a new club and we'll have to kind of see how it pans out. Like, New pitching coach, new guy calling the pitches. His ex-fip in that game against the Angels was really solid. Um, he got a little unlucky in that game and still had a really solid game. So I think pitch count is concerning. He's 6,500, though. Um, and the Pirates with some of these call-ups, I mean, they're going to be free swingers. We're going to have plenty of strikeouts in this lineup with some of these guys in this lineup. So I don't think I'd talk you off of Torinos. I don't know if I end up on Torinos. We'll see, like... I'll kind of give a pitching recap when we get done. Um, but right now I'm kind of on the fence. Mitch Keller is a good pitcher. Um, it's just a terrible matchup for him getting Atlanta. One of, if not the best offense in baseball, um, as much as I don't mind playing Keller in certain matchups, I can't touch Keller at his price against this team. Yeah. He's been inconsistent recently too. Like he got off to a fantastic start this season. He was really good for several couple three months there. Um, he's ran into a few hiccups here recently. Again, a guy that I believe in the arm talent, but just no chance I'm paying almost 9k for him here against Atlanta. Um, yeah, let's talk bats. I mean, I, I think as far as the Atlanta bats go, it's a stack spot. I, you just, I don't see how you can one off. I mean, I guess you can, like, if you want to play Acuna or Riley or Olsen or Albies or Murphy or Ozuna or Harris, like, <laughs> <laughs> or any Their of these guys. <laughs> yeah like 
any of these guys, they're just so expensive. Um, I mean, I was messing around for hours trying to make a stack work on Monday's slate. And it's it's tough because of the pricing, but I mean they just continue to be one of the top offenses in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly the top offense in baseball. Um, the pricing is making it tough, which is good. That's that's the way it should be. We shouldn't just is, be able yeah, to stack sure. up Atlanta and then play Scherzer. Like that should not be an option. And it's not, which is a good thing. So you kind of have to make a choice. Um, it's it is a, a massive ballpark downgrade going from Atlanta to Pittsburgh. Keller, I respect as a pitcher. But he has been vulnerable to getting hit hit around a little bit here recently, so very much in play. I don't love the pricing. I do think that paying down for pitching is viable on this slate because Scherzer's going to be such chalk. I'm not sure what Valdez's upside is against Baltimore. I think you can save some money at pitcher, and therefore that puts Atlanta in squarely in play. Like They could break any slate that they're on, regardless of what ballpark they're in or which pitcher they're facing. So definitely want some exposure. Don't think that they're a top two or three stack for me on this slate just because Keller is pretty good. Um, but they're absolutely in play and absolutely have some of the highest upside out there. Yeah, I mean, if you can make it work, I think their ownership would be down um, because Keller and their pricing. So uh, any interest in the Pittsburgh side of this game? I really don't. Um, they are cheap. I will say that. Chirino so is a control ground ball guy, which is not where I'm trying to to find somebody to st- that's not the, the pitcher profile I'm trying to stack against. It's a really good ballpark for hitting or for pitching rather Pittsburgh just doesn't have much talent on this offense. If you want to take some shots at Reynolds or Sawinski, even McCutcheon, like I don't even hate that three man. Um, there's just not a ton of talent outside of that. Some really young guys. Rodriguez is still keep cheap at catcher. Henry Davis is 2,700, but definitely not a full stack. I don't see, I don't see the upside. Um, for them to be a five-man stack that that wins the slate, so it would be value three-man for me. Um, I mean, so Swazinski is a fly ball guy, um, and Andy Rodriguez in a very very small sample size has been hitting the ball up in the air a lot too. So, um, I think that is interesting in the aspect of like trying to chase a home run or two. Um, that maybe Reynolds is a three-man. But I'm not going out of my way to play Pittsburgh bats in this in this ballpark. So um, if I end up on like Andy Rodriguez, a catcher, and want some upside, he hits the ball hard. Um, and since Swazinski just continues to – I mean, I think his barrel rate's like 20% against right-handed pitching this season. And he hits the ball in the air a lot. Ground ball guy, generates more line drives. Um, so I don't mind playing Swazinski. Kansas City at Boston. Taking on my Red Sox here. This game has a 10 total. The Red Sox, a 185 favorite. Crawford and Singer facing off against each other. Uh, Brady Singer has been pitching fantastic recently. Um, any interest in him going up against the Red Sox? I don't love the spot for him. The, the Red Sox are not a team that I like to pick on. They don't strike out very much. But as you mentioned, Singer has been fantastic here recently. Um, 7,400. I think I'm going to take some shots. I prefer the pitcher on the other side, but I'm definitely going to have a lot of exposure to both sides of this. A 10 total is not generally a spot you want to target pitching in. Um, and it is a fantastic ballpark for hitting. I just, I don't think Kansas city's offense has anything. Boston's been struggling a little bit. They took them uh, till the bottom of the ninth to finally come through on Monday night. Singer's in play here because he's 7,400. Um, if he can go out there and, and get you, seven or eight Ks, even if he gives up two or three runs, 
you're still fine with that on this slate, I think. So 7,400 price tag. I'm I'm in on Singer. I, again, I don't love pitching today. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Um, I mean, hitting conditions. I was looking at the weather. I'm not Kevin Roth. Weather edge isn't updated yet because it's the night before. Um, should be hit good hitting conditions from what I'm seeing. So that scares me a little bit. And I mean. He's had some good strikeout matchups. Yankees, Minnesota, a lot of strikeouts in those two lineups um, where he really kind of struck out a lot. So I might pump the brakes on Singer a little bit. Um, Boston is a lot worse against left-handed pitching than they are against right-handed pitching. Um, again, Brady Singer has been fantastic recently. But even if we look at his like 30-day numbers, 23% Ks, swinging strike rate really – up a little bit, but not like a, a tremendously high number. Uh, the biggest thing for him over the last month is his barrel rate is way down and his ground ball rate is way up. Um, so, um, I mean, all the recipes to having a, a solid outing. Um, so if he's coming in at low ownership, maybe I take a shot. On the other side of this game, Crawford, I think Cutter Crawford's going to get some ownership today. Um, I mean, we don't have a lot of options. He's 7,600. He's shown the ability to show some strikeout upside here. Um yeah, I mean, I'm a little timid after playing a lot of Bayo on Monday's slate, but 7,600 for a guy facing a Royals team without potentially Perez, um, I mean, definitely could do worse. Yeah, I mean, if this game was in Kansas City, these would be my two highest on pitchers on the slate, I think. Um, I mentioned in the singer breakdown that I do prefer the Carter Crawford side of this. I think that Kansas City is one of the worst offenses in baseball at this point. Obviously, uh, Bobby Wade has been on a tear. But outside of him, Sal Perez has been banged up, and there just isn't a lot of talent on this offense. So while it's a great ballpark for hitting, I can see Carter Crawford having a very good outing in this spot, and I'm just more willing to take shots on the 7K range as opposed to like the 9K range. So if I'm paying up for Framber or Scherzer in one of my pitcher spots, going down to the 7K range as opposed to trying to fit in a 9K pitcher is just kind of how I feel like builds are going to be going. Um, and even fading everybody 9K and above and going with two cheap guys, I think is in play on this slate with some of the elite offenses that we have. So Carter Crawford, I hope he's not terribly popular. If he starts to get up into that 40% range, then I may reconsider my position. But as of right now, he's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. I think if he starts to get really chalky, like in your mind, you could be like, this is still a guy that doesn't have an extremely long leash. Um, like that's what you could tell yourself, like, and it's, yeah, that's, I, I think that's the one like downside. Um, he's thrown over 90 pitches twice this year. And one of them was in April. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the upside is definitely in the strikeouts and in the matchup, but I mean, it's not in a hundred pitches going seven innings. So um, any interest in the Kansas city Royals bats here? Mild interest. I'm, I'm, more interested in Crawford despite the good hitter hitting environment, the great hitters ballpark. Um, but Kansas city is really cheap, played quite a bit of them Monday night. Um, didn't work out so great because it's a bad offense, but the, there is value here. I think there's more value in the pitching side on Tuesday than I thought there was on Monday. Turns out on Monday, there was actually a ton of value. You just, you plug in um, Reagan's and uh, Gavin Williams and you, you have all the money that you need. I think this slate could play out sort of similarly in that you can find cheap pitchers that get there. So I'm going to shy away from Kansas City a little bit, I think. I just don't believe in the offense. Um, 
you could certainly talk me into Massey at 2,600. Uh, Melendez at 3K. I mentioned Bobby Witt's hot streak. You can always play him. Garcia has been a solid young hitter for for this Kansas City team at 3,700. But tough to see the the full the upside in the full stack. Other than they're really cheap. Um, I mean, if you want to go uh, Framber and and Scherzer in a lineup, maybe stacking Kansas City gets there that way. But I I probably don't go that route. More of a, a mini stack in the cheap guys. I will say, like, Crawford's struggles typically come from, like, right-handed power. So, Witt, not a bad spot here. Uh, Furman at catcher has shown power. Um, Righty-righty. So, uh, just, I mean, it's so hard for me to get excited about playing Kansas City bets. Um, Boston side of this game, a lot of interest in the Red Sox for me here. Um, I hope Brady Singer gets some ownership. And, again, I don't mind taking shots on Singer. He just he gives up so much hard contact in a good ballpark for hitting. Cassis, Duvall, Devers, Yoshida, assuming Verdugo and Duran are back in there. Uh, we're going to have plenty of lefties to attack Singer with. And honestly, I think it's it's very playable here um, as far as the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I love the Red Sox stack. Very much in play. I like this better than the Kansas City side. Um, Devers is one of my favorite hitters on the slate. Uh, Adam Duvall is down to 4,100. A guy with just massive power. Should play really well in this ballpark. I know he's been banged up quite a bit this year, but this should be a really good spot for Adam Duvall. Uh, Cassis has been on an absolute tear. Uh, love him at 3,800. Um, Justin Turner now has second base eligibility. Very useful. Um, yeah, I, the, the Red Sox stacker is, is one of my favorite on the entire slate. Even though I'm going to be playing some singer, I'll have far more exposure to the Red Sox. Hashtag baseball, baby. Gotta love the variants. Gotta love the hedge life. Toronto at Cleveland, eight and a half total in this game. Pick them game. I mean, slight favorite to the Blue Jays at minus 116. We have Kikuchi and uh, Bibby facing off against each other. Uh, any interest here in you say Kikuchi? Yeah, I mean, he's right in this range with those those other two guys. Um, another guy who's been pitching incredibly here recently. And this Cleveland offense is, is just atrocious, especially with Naylor on the I.L., you think uh, um, Ramirez's suspension starts today? Like, how long? Like, I, I know he appealed it, but, like, come on, man. Like, boy. that one's not going <laughs> to get overturned. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to – I mean, even if it got reduced to two games, that's the, the most I could see it happening. Um, and I think it it could come down before this game. How yeah. bad would this Cleveland lineup look if there's no Jose Ramirez in it? With I was getting that. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah I, I think you have to have some interest here in, in Kikuchi. He's a very frustrating guy to roster. At least he's gotten the walks under control, um, but he still gives up a ton of hard contact, a ton of home runs. So very risky spot, even though like Cleveland just doesn't have the power to beat him is, is kind of the point that we're getting at here. Uh, Kikuchi very much in play at 8,200. Yeah, I mean, Ryu, he only threw like 50 pitches, but Cruz threw like four innings against this offense um, on Monday night. Like, had he been had he been like a stretched out pitcher, like I mean, like Kikuchi is, I mean, Ryu would have been a guy that especially when the lineup came out. The lineup, like Cole Calhoun was in there, like they put in Quan, Jimenez was in there. Like, I mean, do they just not care? <laughs> I mean, they're they're in contention for the playoffs. I know, but <laughs> I, gosh, I just yeah, I mean, I think Kikuchi very, very much in play. I want to see what the lineup looks like, but I mean, he is—he's high up on my list today. Um, as far as like here night before, looking at like potential plays. Uh, Bybee on the other side of this game, ninety-five hundred for Bybee going up against a tough Toronto team. I know Gavin Williams just came out, pitched really well on Monday night. 
Uh, Bybee is another guy that really kind of excels strikeout wise against righties. He also gives them more power to righties as well. Um, I mean, this is, I wouldn't say it's like basically the same spot as Williams, but it's basically the same spot as Williams. Williams is like for $2,000 difference. Yeah, there you go. The price tag is what's different. Like Bybee is fine. I think he's a very good pitcher. Another one of these talented young arms. The problem is, I like everyone in the 7 and 8K range just as much as I like Tanner Bybee. I I like some of the matchups even better for the 7K guys. So that's kind of my point on this, Slaves. I think I'm going to be fading this 9K range and trying to find the one guy that has the upside game in the 7K range. Um, I I can't see myself rostering Bybee at at 9,500 against a a very right-handed, heavy, powerful Toronto offense. I want to see um, what his ownership looks like. I don't think he's the craziest. Like if you're playing, if you're playing top heavy large field tournaments. I don't think he's the craziest play. I don't know if I get to him in like a three inch max build, um, but he, gosh, he's, he's on my radar today just because again, like it's such a right-handed heavy team. And with Chapman and Varsho and like adding Biggio and DeJong in the lineup with Bichette out of the lineup, you're adding more strikeouts in the lineup. Like, yeah, the top half is really scary. They don't walk a lot. Um, they put the ball in play a lot. But I mean, even like, even Vlad's like power numbers, they're not like up into the point where you're like super scared. He has 18 home runs on the season. Like, he's still a good power hitter, but it's not like, you know, this is a, he's a 70 RBI guy. Like, he's still a very good hitter. It's just, yeah, it's tough for me. Um, I, I think Bybee's, very very playable today depending on like ownership he comes in at like three to five percent i might even roll him in like a three entry max team um because i do think i believe in the talent uh let's talk bats any interest in the toronto bats i think i would just be home run hunting here um like it's bybee is a very solid pitcher um he's got good control probably just looking for home runs here vlad is obviously the top option chapman and springer are priced up but all kinds of power there uh, cheap catcher Jansen if he's in there for a home run. Um, Brandon Belt's been been hitting the ball really solid here recently. You've got the young young kid Schneider let off on Monday night. If you see him up in the leadoff spot again, I wouldn't hate that, but probably not a stack for me because I I do believe in the talent of, of Bybee, but I could see him giving up a home run or two. Um, yeah, home run chasing. Like I said, Bybee is a guy that gives up more power to righties. His ISO is like two sixty five to righties over the last thirty days, one eighty five on the season. So. Um, I mean, any of these guys, Vlad, Springer, Chapman, Schneider, like if you want to chase some power here, um, I don't hate it. Cleveland side, I got nothing, man. Especially like if Ramirez gets suspended and like that all comes down, like who are you playing? Like this lineup is bad. Yeah, I mean, I would say you can always chase home runs against Kikuchi, but who on this team is <laughs> going to hit a home run? Like, David Fry not in the lineup on Monday night was pretty tilting. I thought he was a great value option. So he's the one guy I would say, 2,500 catcher eligibility. I really like David Fry in this spot. It's it's pretty barren outside of that. Oscar Gonzalez maybe another name I can throw out there, but it's there's just no power throughout this lineup outside of Fry against lefties has been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, maybe it chase a stolen base at like a mile straw. Um, but yeah, I'm not getting excited about playing Cleveland today. Chicago Cubs, New York Mets is where we go next. Nine and a half total in this one. Nick Cubby is a 135 favorite. Tyon and Carrasco facing off against each other. Jamison Tyon, 6,700 um, pitching in City Field. Any interest here in Tyon? 
he's been better recently too. Uh, it's been a brutal season for Tyon. His last two have, have been pretty solid. Um, strikeouts are starting to come back a little bit. Still struggling with walks way more than we are accustomed to Tyon. Like Tyon last year or and even two years ago had one of the best walk rates in all of baseball. Um, just has not had that same control this season. He's although he's 7.4%. It's still not a bad walk rate, just way more. Like it, it just limits his upside a little bit because he's just wasting too many pitches and putting too many people on base. Um, but that being said, this Mets offense is nothing to be afraid of anymore. Obviously, Pete Alonso had the, the double dong on Monday night. Still terrified of him. Lindor is obviously great. Nimmo's solid. It falls off in a hurry on that back half. They traded away a couple role players. Marte just went on the IL. Um, Canna got traded away. They sent Brent Beatty down. Like This offense is pretty bad once you get past Alonzo in the four spot. Uh, Alvarez is still a solid hitter. But it's not the same elite Mets offense that we thought we were getting this season. It's a fantastic ballpark for pitching. Tie on 6,700. He's been up over 90 pitches several times here recently. Just another one of these guys I'm going to throw darts at and just hope I get a ceiling game out of. At this price tag, it would not surprise me if I got seven or eight strikeouts out of him in this spot. Yeah, I mean, over 90 pitches in six of his last seven starts. So um, we're getting a little bit more leash from Tyon compared to like his season-long numbers. And the walks um, are kind of where he's at. He strikes out righties more, um, which kind of benefits him in this matchup because like the lefties in this lineup um, are not like the greatest lefties in the world. So I think Tyon is great. Um I use that word loosely today, um, but I, I think he's a great option. I think a lot of my decision-making today, like already, what, we were like four or five, six games through the slate, and like a lot of my decision-making today is going to be a lot more ownership-based than it is like matchup and who I, I knew that's where you, where you were going with that, and I completely agree. Like whichever of these cheap pitchers is popular, just fade them and play two or three of the other ones because any of these guys could have pretty decent outings. I don't think we should be playing jock at pitcher today on this slate. Carlos Carrasco on the other side of this game, four straight games with at least four and runs allowed. He's been pitching terrible here recently, and it's not even like he was facing tough teams. Chicago, White Sox, Boston, Red Sox, Washington, Kansas City, his last four matchups. Um, the Cubs are talented. They are a little bit of uh, free-swinging guys, but, I mean, it's really hard for me to get interested in playing Carrasco with his recent form. Yeah, it's the recent form is atrocious. The Cubs have been the best offense in baseball since the All-Star break. I don't know how many people know that, but they've just been scoring runs in bunches. They decided to go for it. They rattled off eight wins in a row, and then instead of selling at the trade deadline, they they bought a couple pieces. So this Cubs offense is is solid. Carrasco has been awful. Like even if you want, yeah, like he's the first X on the slate for me. Um, he's just not striking anybody out. He's walking way too many. Yes, it's a great ballpark for pitching, but I don't, I don't think this is a spot for him. I, I need to see it before I even take a shot. Yeah, see, I mean, as far as going to the bats, like I like the Cubs, hate the ballpark. Um, I still think the Cubs stack is viable. Touchman, um, Horner, Hap, Bellinger, Candelario, I think that was a great pickup by the Cubs. Um, they're not overly expensive, but they're not necessarily cheap either. But I do think like when you're plugging in like, Touchman and Half and Candelario, you can get two of those big bats. Um, so I think a, a Cub stack very viable. 
I think you're going to need to do it with like runs and doubles instead of like home runs. Um, but I, I still think the stack is viable today. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you there. Uh, Carrasco you, has been giving up a ton of runs recently. The Cubs have been scoring a ton of runs and the Mets bullpen is nothing to be afraid of either. So while it's a bad ballpark, this Cubs offense, I'm, I'm very much in on um, like, it's just solid. I agree. Candelario lengthen, lengthens the lineup um it's solid one through seven obviously madrigal and barnhart at the bottom there or gomes if he's in there not ideal gomes we prefer against the lefty but it's carrasco i, I think you can certainly pick on him even though it's a tough ballpark candelario has been crushing too i was reading um he's been crushing since putting on a cubs uniform so yep i mean get him out of washington he wants to play and have a chance so i mean i feel like like momentum runs through clubhouse too and like you have a team that's winning and everybody's hitting, you're just gonna have better success in that atmosphere. Um, any interest in the Mets bats here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the full stack, but you can certainly look for home runs against Tyon. It's obviously not a great park for that. Um, Lindor very much in play. You, you, Tyon has been just pummeled by lefties this season. Um, Nimmo, I think at 4,300, not going to be a power guy for you, but I could see three or four hits out of him in this spot. Stolen base upside for Nimmo. Tyon is not a guy that holds on runners very well. Um, obviously Alonzo coming off the double on Monday night. Alvarez is a cheap catcher. Like I said, I'm not sure it's a full stack just because of the ballpark, but I have no problem putting three of these guys in there. All right, Colorado at Milwaukee. We got Freeland and Wade Miley facing off against each other. Yep, we're playing baseball. <laughs> Eight and a half total. Wade Miley is a 215 favorite, or shall I say the Brewers are 215 favorite. Uh, Kyle Freeland, I mean, I even on this slate, I don't think – you mentioned Carrasco being your first ex. I think Freeland's right there next to him. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. He has these weird home splits where he, he actually pitches better in Coors Field. I've just I've never been able to figure out Kyle Freeland when he has good games. I just I don't have any of that. So good for him. I don't think that this is a spot where he's going to go out there and and kill me. He just doesn't have the strikeout upside. Like, could he go six innings and get six strikeouts and pay off a six K price tag? Sure, he could. But I think there are I don't know eight eight guys I would play ahead of him. Uh, I agree. Freeland's right there, but it, next to Carrasco as an X button for me. May was the last time he scored more than fifteen fantasy points in an outing. So yeah, we're setting the standard at 15 tough road for Kyle Freeland. Um, pitch to contact guy. Yeah. Just no interest in me. Let's talk Wade Miley. Um, I mean, man, this team is so bad. It's so bad. The lineup is so bad. Um, he's seven K could. Okay. My question is, do you see a road to Wade Miley scoring 20 plus fantasy points? Against this Colorado offense, yeah, I, th I think it's in the range of outcomes. Um, he's not a huge strikeout guy. Like the the leash is the biggest concern. Um, obviously, he missed some time there, but it took them forever. It seems like to ramp him up, and then once he was ramped up, like two starts ago, he threw ninety five pitches against Cincinnati, um, and then he threw and then 60. He missed another month. Yeah, he like month, yeah. he's just been in and out and. So he threw 60 pitches in his last start against Washington. If you look at his ramp up back from when he came off the IL last time, it was like 10 pitches at a time. Like that seems really slow and like ultra conservative. We like 15 to 20 pitches one start over the other when you're ramping back up from an injury is like not out of like question. So I'm very concerned about the pitch count. If I can get 80 pitches, I'm interested. 
if if the limit is 70, I'm very concerned. Um, so that that's the concern. Like, I think it's a fantastic matchup. Colorado stinks on offense, like you mentioned. It's just can he throw 75, 80 pitches in this spot? And it like he he put up 14 DK points and with 60 pitches against a bad Washington offense. Colorado's worse than than Washington. I'm here to tell you. So there's a path, but I need I think I need 75 pitches to feel good about it. I would set the line at like 72 and a half. Yeah, that's, I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, just looking, like you said, looking at his ramp up, um, the most increase he had was 13. Um, but I mean, his first start back back then too was he threw 77 pitches. He threw six really good innings against Cleveland in his second start back. And I mean, they didn't need him to go out. Like Milwaukee's always quick to the bullpen anyway. So when he came back in that second start last time and threw 67 six innings of like really good baseball, I mean. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. He's probably I mean, that, that's yeah. the start. You, you asked if he had a path to 20, 20 points. That's it. He yeah. put up 21-7 in that, that outing on 67 pitches. So he's a guy that can be ultra efficient and get just enough Ks at 7K to pay off that price tag. So even though the leash is not great and I don't think we get more than eight, I don't think there's any chance we get more than 80 pitches. Um, I still think he's in play. Yeah. Team is the lineup is just so bad. Yeah. I think he's in play too. Um, I think realistically, anytime we get the Rockies out of course, we're going to be talking about pitchers and when we have an 11 game slate with pitching kind of in the dumps. Um, yeah. Colorado bats. Man, this lineup is bad. Um, Wade Miley is not like a guy that typically will get get blown up either. Uh, anything here on the Rocky side that stands out to you? Definitely not a stack. Like Miley does a good job of keeping the ball on the ground. Good control guy. Um, like they're not even that cheap, honestly. Right. Um, and like their two two of their better hitters are McMahon and Jones are left handed, so it's lefty lefty. Tovar, I think, is fine at 3,900. Diaz has had a decent season. Um, he's 4,300, though. I just don't like that price tag out of course. Um, 
they're just they're not cheap enough that I want to stack them, and there's not enough talent here. Brennan Rogers is twenty five hundred like on DK. Yep. Should hit third or fourth here. He's just, he's too cheap for his talent. Um, he's one of the he's one of the better like hitters overall in this lineup. Um, so Rogers, I think, like as a one off is is fine. Um, maybe Doyle. He showed a little bit of power against left-handed pitching earlier in the year. Um, I'm not excited, but I, I, I say like Rogers second base is usually a position we look to save money anyway. So I could see myself ending up on Rogers, um, quite a bit, really, maybe one or two teams on a three entry max build. Uh, Milwaukee. I have a lot of interest in the Milwaukee side of this game. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, how like Milwaukee stack was very playable. It's just going to be ugly. They had a really good, like really good game. Um, so another one of those spots, it might not look pretty, but I mean, Mark Connor gives you some right-handed depth here. Uh, Monasterio, um, Contreras, like this is definitely a cheaper, like secondary stack that we can look at here um, on this one. Like if Monasterio's in there, he's 2,300 and this guy has some pop. Yeah, I, I don't mind it because they're so cheap. Um, William Contreras at, has crushed lefties in his career. He's 4,800. But worth paying up for. Um, Adamas has been a little better again. He's been a little reverse splitsy in his career, but still totally fine. Freeland's not a guy who's going to strike anyone out, so there should be tons of contact here. Everyone else outside of uh, Yelich, Contreras, Adamas is is a value play, so very much in play. Brian Anderson, a guy I've played a bunch against lefties this year. He's twenty eight hundred. Um, love your Monasterio call. Weimer's a guy with big power at twenty two hundred. Yeah, th- there's risk here because they strike out a bunch, but Freeland's not a, a guy that's going to go out and, and rack up a ton of strikeouts. So I think you you hunt the cheap power here, um, pair that with a Contreras and an Adamas, and the full stack makes a ton of sense here. Monasterio, too, like um, is a guy that can get you a stolen base. Like He has some wheels, so if he's able to get on base here um, against a low strikeout Freeland, like he gives you some upside on like the stolen base side of things, so... Want to see what the lineup is going to look like, um, but yeah, I have definite, definitely interested in this team today. I think it's a really interesting stack, and again, it's it's going to look ugly, but um, they're cheap. So if you want to get in like a, a Scherzer, Bybee type of team, and just say, hey, maybe the cheap pitchers kind of stink, Milwaukee's a stack that makes that you know somewhat viable, and you're not giving up a ton of upside. All right, Yankees and White Sox cruising along here. Nine total in this game. Um, Yankees a 150 favorite. We got Toussaint and Schmidt facing off against each other here. Uh, Any interest here in Clark Schmidt? Is he 7K facing a bad offense? (laughs) That's like like the theme of the slate. This guy has been like let down central, though. Even before I left, I remember him being like let down central. Yeah, I, I agree. He's had a couple of decent outings, but for the most part, I think he's been a little bit disappointing. Like he was getting talked up a ton in spring training, uh, thanks to a cutter that he's added, but just hasn't quite put it together this season. But I mean, who on this White Sox team are we afraid of? We talked about that uh potential Jose Ramirez suspension. Obviously, Tim Anderson has one looming as well. I know he hasn't been good for the White Sox, but I mean theoretically, he's still one of their better hitters. Like I just I wouldn't be surprised if any guy from like sixty five hundred to eighty five hundred 
goes out and puts up 20 DK points. And I think I'm just going to mix and match them based on ownership. I have no idea where Schmidt's ownership is going to going to fall on, but um, he's in play if he's lower owned is is where I'll leave that at. I'm not I'm not scared of this White Sox offense. Um, Anderson got hit by a pitch on Monday night and left the game too. Um, so for what it's worth, like they might just withdraw the with like the um, God, why can't think of the word? Yeah, appeal. Couldn't think of the word. Um, so they might just like a, a like withdraw the appeal and just be like, hey, you know, he's gonna miss it. a couple games anyway. I'll just serve yep. it. So, um, um, yeah, I'm on the fence on Schmidt, man. I hope he's the chalky guy that everybody's playing. Well, I'll just say that that I could fade him and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, Tuki Tassant on the other side at one time was a big prospect in the Braves organization. Um, any interest in here in Tucson? I just, I don't buy what he's doing. I'm sorry. The walk rate is just egregious. Um, pulling it up around 15% walk rate. I think there's talent in there. Just not, not enough. And he just, a lot of times doesn't know where it's going. He's had success. Like his ERA is under four. Um, I don't have his XFIP or Sierra in front of me, but I know it's at least a full run higher. He's just been extremely lucky to get the results that he's getting. I don't see that continuing here. <laughs> Are the Yankees good enough to beat him is the only question. Um, he's super cheap. He's been like the results have been solid. I'm just not buying that he can continue to get these results is, is where I'm at. Yeah. Um, man, the strikeout ability against righties makes him so tempting um at 5700 it makes him so tempting like if i was running a 150 max today he would be in my player pool i'll say that like i think um there's plenty of strikeouts here this is a guy i'm probably going to end up stacking against for what it's worth i'm not gonna just say like hey i'm maybe taking some shots in him definitely gonna stack the yankees a little bit today but his ability to strike out right-handed hitters. I mean, this has been the thing, like this is a guy that was at one time, a huge prospect that just never really kind of panned out. Um, I mean, gosh, I mean, he's 5,700 Keith. <laughs> he is really cheap. Oh. Um, I had to look it up. 479 XFIP, 518 Sierra. Like the underlying metrics are not great. Could he beat this Yankees team? I think he could. So I, he's a I mean, ground I ball guess... guy though too, right? So like his numbers are going to be a little like he throws a cutter and he generates ground balls with a cutter yep. slash like curveball. So like his numbers would be a little out of whack, but yeah, definitely getting a little lucky. But I mean, this is a guy 2020, 2019, like he has big strikeout stuff. It's not crazy. I just yeah. <laughs> i mean it's a little crazy don't get me wrong um it's a little crazy i'm not sitting here saying it's not a little crazy but um i mean at one time he was a top 10 prospect for the braves um cutter sinker like fastball combination curveball combination he has the stuff to be successful it's just the command has always been the the issue um does he get helped a little bit in that aspect from a team like the yankees I will say your point about righties is very valid. And the, the Yankees are really right-handed heavy. Like outside of Bowers, McKinney was in there Monday night. I'm, what other lefties do they even have? Oh, they called it or have that catcher. What's that catcher's name? Um, uh, Rortvet. Yeah. He could be in there. Yeah. 
So, so three, three lefties. lefties. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no Rizzo. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Maybe on to something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, like, I, I, I don't think I get to him in a three and true max. But like for our listeners that play like large field tournaments or stuff, or I. Gosh, man, I I would be I, I think it'd be a shame if he ran 150 teams and didn't have like five percent at least Tucson, because um, I do think he's capable of like putting up a 20 plus point game at 5700, and that would be huge on this slate. Uh, with all that said, Yankees bats. Um, I mean, Tucson struggles with walks, so like anytime you have a guy that struggles with walks, big innings happen sometimes. Um, I think the Yankee stack is very viable today. Yeah, I, I wish they were a little bit more left-handed, but they, they do have the two cheap lefties that I absolutely love in this spot, um, Bowers and McKinney. Um, both Bowers is 2,800, McKinney 2,100, like two of my favorite value bets on the entire slate. Obviously, Judge and Stanton, big-time power. Torres, big power for second base. The stack is very much in play. The guy's got a 15% walk rate. He's super cheap. It's the only reason we're even considering playing him. Um, and the Yankees strike out a lot too. So there is strikeout upside here for Tucson, but the, the, there's also home run upside for the on the Yankees side. So love the Yankee stack here in this spot. Even if I play some Tucson, I'll have Yankees. Yeah, definitely going to have some Yankees, even if I have Tucson, but I don't know if I get to either one. White Sox, bats against Schmidt. Gosh, <laughs> the talent for the White Sox is there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, I don't know. Um, any interest in the White Sox bats here? I mean, if An- no Anderson, they've traded away Burger. Like, I just, I don't think I get there. It's why I think Schmidt's very much in play. Moncada is cheap, but he's had a just a brutal season. Andrew Vaughn, thirty five hundred. He's got some power. I mean, do I really want to pay up for Robert when there's nobody? Like, if I'm Clark Schmidt, why wouldn't I just walk Robert a couple of times? I don't think I get to the White Sox deck. I think if you play White Sox, it'd be like a little three-man. Um, Robert Jimenez or like Vaughn or Mancada. Um, Jimenez is so cheap. Like he's under 4K. He has upside. Uh, he's a guy that definitely has home run upside. So I-, I could see maybe a little mini stack here. But again, like even if Schmidt gets in trouble, you're facing such a tough bullpen um, that it- it's so hard to like get excited about stacking against the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, Derek in chat says uh, Cease walked seven and somehow didn't give up a run. He didn't give up a hit either. So that was part of it. But yeah, I had a decent amount of Cease. He is such a tilting guy. I think it's a never again situation for me on Dylan Cease. At least not this year. He walked seven guys and didn't give up a hit? Correct. Yep. He was, he was dreaming about his disc golf course he's building. <laughs> it's sick. I can't. Like, I might go out of my way to play it. He had like six strikeouts too. What did he score fantasy points wise? I don't. I didn't play any seeds today. Um, I had some. Let me check here. I think he was like fourteen or so. I mean, more than Strider. Um, Moving on. Um, <laughs> San Francisco at LA taking on the Angels. Um, oh, it's he's sa- had twenty three. Sorry to cut you off. Twenty three points. That? Yeah, nothing. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I was just tilted because he walked seven in like the first three innings. And then he had like three strikeouts and seven walks in the first seven innings, I think. And then he he did rack up a couple more strikeouts and and made it through five innings. But yeah, a very tilting outing. He did end up okay, though. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's hey, listen. He just pitched around guys he didn't want to give up home runs to and struck everybody else out. Well, new strategy for pitchers. How do you keep Aaron Judge's balls in the in the ballpark? Well, you just pitch around him. All right, Giants, Angels, uh, no total out for this game. Sportsbooks don't have a pitcher yet for the Giants. It sounds like it's gonna be Alex Wood and like this bullpen situation they've been doing. Um, and then Lucas Giolito pitching for the Angels. I'm not touching the Giants pitching situation in this game. I'll just go out and say that on an 11 game slate, we have a plenty of options. I'll play Tuki Toussaint before I touch a Giants pitcher. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I wouldn't be surprised if we get an opener here for the Giants and then Alex Wood for 60 pitches behind him. And I've just no thanks. Yeah, not on this slate. There's yeah. there's enough guys that have upside that like are going to pitch you know, five, six innings that like, I, I think you just take the shot. Lucas Giolito angels uh, bought, talked about it yesterday. Um, I think it was the right move. If you're, you know, on a business side of things, any interest in Giolito here going up against the giants? I just, I cannot pay 9,900 for him. I mean, could it burn me? Yes. He, like he's a, he has strikeout upside. Uh, the giants strike out a ton. He just, it seems like the Angels are going to be careful with him. Um, like he was regularly up over 100 pitches with the White Sox. It seems like the Angels have pulled back a little on that. 87 is last time out. So maybe he he's back up into that 100 range. Just feel like the Angels are going to be far more cautious with him than the, the White Sox were. 9,900 on a slate that I just, I feel like every pitcher in the 7K range that we've talked about has as much upside. Um, I don't feel the need to spend up on anybody but really Scherzer or Framber on the slate. So, like I said, that this 9K range is is not my favorite on the slate. I want to see, like, I want to see what the lineup looks like. I know they're, like, a very platoon-heavy lineup. Um, I don't hate Giolito, but the price kind of stinks. But, I mean, we've talked about so many cheap plays that, like, you make perfect sense when you're like, hey, you know, why am I playing this guy when I have a 7K guy with the same similar upside? When Giolito's on, he can put up 30-plus. Um, I mean, it's tough. I I think he's okay. Um, but, again, like, we're about to talk about Max Scherzer going into Oakland for, what, $900 more? Um, so probably going there if I had to choose. Uh, Giants bats. Jock Peterson, 4,400, I think is a fair price tag if you want to chase like a home run. Um, it's kind of it for me. I don't really want to pick on Giolito. I would just, it would be like chasing a home run or two here. Um, that's really all I'm looking at on the Giants. Yeah, kind of the same. Um, just I don't like stacking the Giants ever because they have the, all the pinch hit risk. Um, Wilmer Flores, if he's in there, like Giolito gives up just as much power. To the right side of the plate, Flores is cheap. Would be the the cheaper home run I'm I'm looking for. Like the jock call, probably not a stack for me though. Patrick Sandoval has done fantastic. Can we yank him? I don't even need him to come back <laughs> out. I am very happy where I'm at. Just call it a day. He's gonna come back out and he's gonna get rocked. Just call it a day, baby. <laughs> um, Angels bats here. It's like one of those opener situations where we're going to have to take guys that are good against lefties, righties, bullpen. Um, I mean, I hate these type of situation when it comes to hitters, and it's not like these guys are like extremely cheap. You know, Tani's 67, Moniac's 52, Dury's 51. Like, 
these guys are priced up for a bullpen game and yeah i mean bullpen games can easily work out but i mean i hate paying these prices when you're when you're stacking a bullpen game yeah i think you you nailed my thoughts exactly there i just it's the pricing is not right to attack the spot probably get the opener whether it's a one or two inning guy who knows but do you do you stack the guys that you want to play against wood it's a tough situation it's why the openers become popular um yeah, I, I'm out at these prices. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think um, I think what you would potentially do here is like take shots on maybe like a Renfro under 4K and hope he gets like two at-bats against Wood or like a Gritchick at 4,200, Crone at 4,600, like cheaper Angels that like have upside against both sides of the plate, but I'm not excited to play Angels today. Um, I hate bullpen games. All right, Texas at Oakland, eight total. Rangers a two forty five favorite here. Um, Scherzer and Sears facing off against each other. Max Scherzer ten eight. Um, it's a great matchup. Oakland is a very high strikeout team. The lineup's not great. They've been one of the worst teams in baseball all year. Hey, they're up to twenty fourth in WRC plus, but they still strike out twenty five percent of the time, which is um, still the highest rate in baseball. Like any interest here in. Oh, I guess there's third highest behind Minnesota and Seattle. My bad. Uh, any interest in Scherzer here? It's going to be ownership, and I think it's going to be an underweight stance. Um, anything can happen. We just saw it happen to Spencer Strider on, on Monday night. Looked like a fantastic play against a weak Pittsburgh lineup, and he, and he gave up six runs. Like, it's baseball. Anything can happen. If Scherzer is over 50% owned, I, f- I feel like I'm just going to go way underweight on that. Um, we have talked about a ton of pitchers on this slate. None of them are great, but I could see several of them paying off their price tag. I could see several of them doing absolutely nothing also, but I feel like if Scherzer's going to be massive chalk, which I'm pretty confident he will be, you take a, a slightly underweight stance, go overweight on some of those pitchers that we've talked about in the, that are much cheaper. You hope to find the ceiling game from the, the one guy that you played double the field or whatever, and that's the way to win the slate, and then you can pay up for whatever bats that you want. It's obviously a fantastic spot. Scherzer is a fantastic pitcher still. Is he what he all, what, what he once was? Probably not. Um, strikeout rates down a little bit into the 28% range, but it, it is a fantastic matchup in a fantastic ballpark against a bad offense. So on paper, fantastic spot. But it's it's all about ownership and how high that gets. On If he comes in at, at 35%, sure, I take an overweight stance probably, but I, I think he's going to be significantly higher than that, and I'm going to end up a little bit underweight. Yeah, um, I think he's the best pitcher on the slate. What does that mean today? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, I think it's a great spot. Sears on the other side. I mean, gosh, Waldachuk doing his thing here. Um, I have such a good team going that has a Texas stack, and I just need him to do something. Um Gosh. Anyway, uh, any interest in Sears here at 7,300? It, it's the same play as Waldachuk, right? Like, they're very similar pitchers. Um, same matchup. This Texas offense is a little bit watered down with Haim and Jung, both on the IL. I just think it's a, a wildly different slate. I played a little Waldachuk on Monday night, but it's because there were really no other value options that I liked. On this slate, we've talked about half a dozen to a dozen pitchers in the exact same price range 
that I have as much or more interest in. So I like he's probably way down the list for me, um, ahead of only guys like Freeland and Carrasco. I'd put him ahead of Tucson. Like I just I don't know how much I need him because I'm going to be I'm I'll be heavily invested in this price range. If he's the lowest owned of everybody in this price range, sure I'll grab a couple shares. Um, but like it's not a spot that I love. I, I still th- respect his Texas offense. Obviously, a massive ballpark downgrade for them. Um, there's strikeout upside here. I, I think he's in play if if you want it. I, I'm just not sure that I'll, I'll need it. Or um, not, I think I want more exposure to the other 7K guys than him is the best way to say it. Hey, chat, I need to know. Has anybody tried um, Snoop Dogg's um, Dr. Bombay ice cream? Is it any good? My wife's asking me if it's any good. I've never tried it. <laughs> um i guess there's a kind that she wants to try so anyway um has anybody tried it i'm curious now all right um texas bats they're so so talented and i'm not gonna let tonight's performance like get me off of the talented offense here i think that you know jung being out of the lineup definitely hurts um i still think there's plenty of upside overall here for texas duran's cheap uh garver's cheap i think garver's your chalk like catcher play today um i think it's an overall good spot for texas definitely interested in the texas stack i think i'm playing two of garcia simeon seager and i would rank them garcia seager simeon um it's just i want to be able to play some pitching with texas and it's kind of what i did on tuesday slate and they had a punt catcher in the lineup um huff who had definitely has some power in in triple a so um We'll see how that works out on Monday's slate. But, yeah, definitely interested in Texas here. Yeah, right there with you. Don't care if they failed Monday night, going right back to them. Everything that we said about them on Monday night and why they were a great play still holds true, and it's the exact same spot here. Um, Average left-handed pitcher, maybe Sears is slightly above average, but Texas is an elite offense. Uh, Oakland bullpen is terrible as well. Love the upside for Texas in the spot. Spot on with you on the rankings, Garcia. Seager Simeon would is how I rank the studs. And then the value love the value. Hate that Duran was didn't get bumped up the order like we were kind of projecting. Um, hopefully that changes. Love the Garver call. Huff if he's back in there, cheap catcher with power. I love the Texas stack again. My my thing is like, where do you put Duran? Yeah, you could probably bat him ahead of Grossman. Um, but if they're gonna let low play against the left-handed pitcher i mean do you really move low down in the lineup i mean it's it's tough it's a tough situation i personally would bat duran higher too um but honestly like in front of who i was like thinking about it when the lineup came out i was like oh kind of makes sense because like i hate the lefty lefty seager low so i'd probably hit garcia third and low yeah. fourth but i'd still have garver I, the only person i think you could hit duran and feel okay with it um is probably ahead of Grossman but I mean it's not like Grossman's bad against lefties he's been good against lefties his whole career yeah Duran's been like their best hitter against lefties though like his numbers are insane against lefties um I know our our projected lineup for them on Monday night had him in the three hole with low down at six I believe um maybe maybe it was low fourth and Garcia fifth with Garber six but yeah I mean it wouldn't have surprised me to see him in that three hole I think it makes sense to split up the lefties, like you said. So, I don't know. Any interest in the Oakland bats here? 
I don't see any reason. Scherzer has had, he can give up home runs, but just like lefty power, I would say Seth Brown is an okay option. Um, uh, who's the kid that let off for them Monday night? Uh, Cody, Cody Thomas. Cody Thomas. Yep. If he's back in there, like they're all free. You can you can search for a cheap home run. It's not the best ballpark to do that for, so it would be strictly a one-off. I don't even want a mini stack here, I don't think. Um, yeah, that's about it. Cheap one-off. Yeah, Cody Thomas um, grades out as a, a good power hitter with big strikeouts. So, yeah. I, I On Grinders Live today, I compared him to like a Joey Gallo with less power. Yeah. San Diego at Seattle. Two games left here. No total in this one. Uh, Gilbert and our boy Nick Martinez um, in what looks to be like a bullpen type of thing for San Diego today. Uh, makes sense. They've been playing a lot of games. Um, any interest in Martinez or San Diego's bullpen situation here? No interest. Um, I think he probably goes two, three innings at the absolute most. He's pitched out of the bullpen all year. Um He's the same price as all these guys that we've talked about in the 7K range, and he's going to throw half the amount of innings. Yeah, no interest for me either. Um, sorry. I'm trying to – the Braves are making a little push here. Um, just need an Austin Riley home run, tie this game up, get some more Atlanta at-bats. Um, and he got out. So, yeah, I'm not touching the San Diego pitching situation here. Um Gilbert on the other side of this game, he really hasn't looked dominant um, since the beginning of last month and like two months ago. Like, I mean, San Diego is a good team and I don't mind taking shots against the San Diego bats, but I mean, this lineup right now, like Tatis, Soto, Machado, Xander Bogarts, Cronenworth, like there's not a lot of strikeout upside in this lineup right now. So I think this is a spot I put Gilbert on the shelf. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, just not a good matchup. I would much rather save fifteen hundred dollars and chase the seven K range. If his form were better, I would be more than happy to play him. I think that he is a very talented pitcher. He has a, a long leash. Um, like this this was a guy who was regularly over hundred pitches last year. They've pulled back on him a little bit this year, but he's still constantly in that like ninety five range. He was over hundred his last time. I just I don't think I can do it against San Diego at this price. Yeah, I, I can't do it today. This might be one of those spots I even look on like his under out situation or under strikeout situation, depending on what his line comes in at. Um, San Diego bats. I mean, I definitely respect the talent for Gilbert. I just don't like the upside. Um, is there any interest in playing San Diego bats against him today? no interest for me they're they're priced up um i will say they're pretty right-handed heavy which is a plus for gilbert uh, yeah no, i don't have any interest in stacking against him he's got outstanding control he's gonna limit the damage enough where i just i don't see them paying off these price tags even if they get him for a couple of runs seattle bats i mean another bullpen situation the biggest difference is this team is a lot cheaper overall um, any interest in Seattle here? Again, it, like the bullpen situation is really tough. If we get some more information on who might come in as a piggyback for Martinez, and I'm sure it'll be out there somewhere on Twitter throughout the day. Um, but obviously they're going to go Martinez for probably two or three innings. And then who comes in behind him? Like I, 
Julio is obviously in play. Um, I think you can play Cal Rowley against anybody as well. Suarez is a, a MT Oscar is big time power guys. No matter if it's lefty righty, I, I have some interest. I don't know about a full stack. I th- I think it's maybe maybe a mini. Like I don't know. I'm not in love with this spot for Seattle just because of the the bullpen nature of it. Yeah, maybe like a France Teoscar Suarez stack. Um, Teoscar Hernandez, 3600. He hits both right-handed and left-handed pitching well. He's been hitting a, a lot better recently. Suarez under 4K. France is like 3100. Um, they all should hit top of the order. So maybe just searching for like a three-man that's cheap that makes some sense here would make sense. But we'll see what the situation looks like here. All right, we got. LA at Arizona, um, nine total in this game. Dodgers are 150 favorite. We got Urias against Fat. Um, any interest here in Urias? Can't do it. Um, just the strikeouts are way down. He is finally, he did have a good outing his last time, but this matchup against Arizona, like I just don't like to play pitchers in DFS against Arizona. They don't strike out, they are pesky on the bases, they steal a ton. Just a very frustrating outing for a pitcher. Arias has not been in great form. Finally had a decent outing, but it was Oakland. Now he gets this tough Arizona pesky team. 9,100. I'm just, I'm not interested in in the form, like in Urias, it is recent form. Yeah, recent form, tough matchup. Um, he is a guy that's capable of putting up like 25 plus. So if he's not getting ownership today, maybe we look at it. Um, but I'm not super excited about playing him um brandon fought on the other side of this game he's actually been pitching pretty decent recently it's just a really tough matchup against the dodgers like they are just stacked from top to bottom it's one of the toughest lineups in baseball to face um yeah i mean i just i can't play right-handed pitching against this team yeah i mean i've been taking shots on all kinds of cheap guys today i don't think fought's gonna make make the cut um it's not not that much different than of a matchup that uh, Grayson Rodriguez is facing. He's a little bit cheaper than Rodriguez, so not crazy, but like it's the Dodgers, and I just I don't think I need to go there. I'd much rather take chances on the lesser pitchers that are face that are in much better ma- matchups. Cutter Crawford against Kansas City, even Miley against Colorado, like Schmidt against the White Sox. Like I think I'm I'm going to live in that range where the the cheap pitchers in good matchups and try to find the ceiling that way. Too much needs to go right here, and, and a lot can go wrong for Fott. I will say, like, if Marte is not in the lineup for the Arizona, like, Diamondbacks here, maybe it bumps up a little bit for Urias. Um, well, I'll have to kind of see what this lineup looks like, because, like, maybe he gets lower ownership because it's late game and people are not paying attention to the lineup. So, we'll see. I don't think anybody's playing him on this. Yeah, lineup. I think that this might be one of those, like, tournament stop it's like spots that i look at in the morning and like talk myself into it by like 4 p.m tomorrow um happens all the time and it, it works out maybe one out of five times it's just like you know in the back of your head it's a terrible idea <laughs> and you're like i'm gonna do it um dodgers that was, bats that was me with cease today and eh, it sort of worked out but he, he definitely wasn't freddie peralta dodgers bats i mean late night hammer they're expensive um if you're going to cheaper pitchers, they're very playable in that aspect. I mean, this is a team that's capable of putting up big games. Um, I like the Dodgers stack today. I don't think they'll get a lot of ownership, um, especially like being a, a later game. 
Yeah, I mean, Fott is like a really talented pitcher, but he's struggled to adjust to the majors. The Dodgers are one of the best offenses in baseball. They're up there in price with Atlanta. I think people go to Atlanta before they do uh, to the Dodgers. Very much in play. Got to pay for it, but I'm going to have some money today. Um, Depending on Scherzer's ownership, if I change throughout the day and and decide to go overweight on Scherzer, maybe I don't get to as much Dodgers, but right now as we're recording, I feel like I'm going to go a lot of cheap pitching on this slate, so I'll, I'll have some exposure to the Dodgers for sure. Yeah, chat. Um, Derek says Freddie's hot. Well, I mean, so is Mookie. So is everybody <laughs> on this team. It's Dodger time of the year, man. It's uh, it's definitely Dodger time of the year. Any interest in the Arizona bats here? Not really. Um, Urias has had his struggles, but he's still a competent enough pitcher. Um, I will say he's reverse splits, and nobody will play Corbin Carroll at six K. I don't hate that. He could. He has Jack in a bag upside. Um, Walker against the lefty is always in play. I, I probably don't full stack them, but I certainly don't mind some pieces here. Um, Perdomo is a guy who's hit lefties well as well. Tommy Pham, a recent addition, is only 3,200. Like I said, not a full stack for me because your Urias is a, a very good pitcher. Um, just has had his struggles a little bit this season, but don't mind a little mini stack here. Sorry, I cut that off right as you hit the on. <laughs> Dude, I, I couldn't have wrote it more. I, I couldn't have said it better. Sandoval is going to come back out and he's going to get hit. First guy, J.D. Davis, home run. Um, just pull him. He's at 82 pitches. Like He threw six really good innings. Just like Yankees. Ugh, gosh, so tilting. Anyway, um, let's play the morning grind game so I can go tilt, watch the rest of this um, Angel or Oakland game where Texas is not hitting. Um... Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Plenty of options today. Who do you got? Yeah, I could see half a dozen guys doing it today. Figuring out which ones are going is going to be the challenge. Um, I think my favorite of the bunch right now is Cutter Crawford. Love that matchup against Kansas City. Yeah, I think he's my favorite too. Um, I'm going to go Tuki Toussaint. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Uh, give me Urias at 9,100. I don't love anybody in above 8K, honestly. Um, but Urias against this high contact Arizona team is is where I'm looking. I like that. Um, I'm gonna go Keller against Atlanta. Uh, tough matchup yeah. in the Braves. Over 4,000 to hit a home run today. Who do you got? Loved him on Monday night. Uh, he didn't quite pay it off. Hit a double into the the right field corner almost had a home run there, but Rafi Devers against Brady Singer. I think this is a fantastic spot for him going right back to him. Yeah, my boy um, played a lot of him. I'm going to go with a guy that doesn't like get a, a ton of credit for like home runs, but I really like Cody Bellinger today. Um, don't love the ballpark, but I think this is a great, like he profiles really well on like the pitcher profile today and he's been stealing bases. He's been getting on base. He's been having like a fantastic stretch here. Um, give me Cody Bellinger under 4k to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like today. I'm sticking right back with those Cubs. Ian Happ is only 3,400. He's, he's been going through some things, but says is showing signs of coming out of it. Love this matchup for him against Carlos Carrasco. Who's just not missing any bats. Going right back to the Cubs as well. Um, Touchman, 3,500. 
like the Cubbies today. Um, he's been a guy that's been consistently hitting, and he's a guy that's capable of multiple hits, should hit at top of the lineup on the road. Great spot for Touchman today. Stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? Give me Boston. Going right back to him. Singer's been good. This is a tough park for him. It's a Boston team. I, I just I like their offense. I love the park. I love the hitting weather. I'm going to play some Singer, but I think Boston has a good chance to get to him as well. Give me the Doyas. Give me the Dodgers. Like it a lot. Um, late night hammer type spot. Um, yeah, I mean they're expensive. Atlanta's expensive. I agree with Derek and Chat. Dodgers in Arizona, Braves in Pittsburgh. Um, definitely better hitting conditions out there um, in Arizona. So give me the Dodgers as a hammer tonight. Keith, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? This is going to be a wild one. I cannot wait to see where ownership breaks down um, because it's, I think it's going to dictate a lot of my decisions here. I'm I'm comfortable with a Scherzer fade if he comes in too high. I'm also comfortable having a disgusting amount of exposure to some Pitchers we don't generally play in the 7K range because I, I'm not in love with the 8 and 9K pitchers on the slate. It's an interesting slate. Ownership yep. matters. Um, I, it's so it's such an interesting like night before breakdown because so much of my decisions today are going to be like looking at projected ownership and trying to figure out like who everybody's on today. So yep. that's going to wrap it up for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking baseball. Hope everyone has a fantastic day. See you again tomorrow.